Welcome to the Football Frame of Mind podcast. I am your host, Cam. This is the host, Brandon. Welcome. This is another episode of the What If series, man. Um, We love doing this series, man. We get to talk about all kinds of topics, man, that, you know, you know, have alternate endings. You know what I'm saying? Every movie that you you watch, when you have an alternate ending, that's a pretty good movie, man. Because maybe you didn't want the movie to end like that. So this is our our version of that. You know what I'm saying? The what if series for football's greatest games, greatest situations, you know, greatest missed calls, you know, relocations that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? So we we get into that here, man. But before we get started, man, how you doing? Good, man. We get to pick the series back up. We get to change the tempo up a little bit and be able to talk some cool stuff. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt, man. So um, you get you get started with yours on your what, uh, what if scenario, man. You kick it off uh, because I think yours is really interesting. I really want to hear uh, what you think what happened in this scenario. So you start off. So guys take it with a grain of salt. I didn't have the most time to research, but I mean, we lived through this time period. So a lot of these things are relatively familiar and I mean, we can pretty much put the dots together and have a good idea of what would happen. So this scenario is if uh, a man who considers himself to be the biggest bust in NFL history said, if you're going to call me a bust, you better call me the biggest one. (laughs) I'm talking about Jamarcus Russell. What if, we turn the clock back and Jamarcus Russell doesn't have to be a bust. Let's say Jamarcus is able to put his talent and his potential on the field, cut back on a lot of the off the field issues, actually watch film, be able to utilize his guy given talent that was given to him. Man, I think when you look at this, there's a lot of dominoes that could change and fall and things like that. Uh, if he shows promise, and he plays this potential. Obviously, they didn't really have a whole lot of weapons at this time. This is post-Randy Moss era, so they're really sitting on little to nothing. Guys like Justin Fargus, Zach Miller, and I think they, they drafted a couple guys after, but I'm thinking of like the year 2007, so this is kind of like prime heyday. Uh, I think this is right before they drafted Hayward Bay and some of those other guys, too, which was another bust in itself. They shouldn't have drafted. Uh, man, if he really starts to show out I don't think Lane Kiffin I don't think Lane Kiffin sticks around either way because I feel like if he, he starts to play well and even though they still have struggles because they were bad on defense at that time too, I feel like they're gonna put a different regime in there, probably put a more established head coach and not have a lot of these bad contracts they were giving out, man. They obviously that his contract was very unprecedented for the time, especially for a guy who had never seen the field. And that was pretty much all guaranteed money. It was ridiculous. Uh, he didn't have much weapons. Uh, he wasn't applying himself in the film room. There's a notorious story about coaches giving him a tape and saying, hey, go through the weekend, watch it, and let me know what you think. It was the blank tape. So when he comes back on Monday, they said, oh, man, what you thought about the training tape? He's like, oh, man, yeah, I watched it. He's like, what, what can you tell me about it? Crickets. 
But, man, if I'm just thinking of the things that happen, man, I think Oakland definitely takes a different approach. Obviously, it's been an up-and-down dumpster fire, I feel like, just for the longest. No disrespect. I think the Raiders are awesome. I think the organization's awesome. It's just sometimes the leadership and guys you have in the wrong positions making those decisions. But I feel like if Jamarcus starts to show out and he really applies himself, I don't see Oakland going through that turbulent season that they went through for the longest. It felt like even after they released him, it just felt like they could not shake it until they got Derek Carr, of course. But I just mean, I still think they get rid of Lane Kiffin. But I think they make some changes in the management office. I think they get a more established coach, better coordinators. I think it's a more desirable place to play at that point because, I mean, man, the guy could throw 60-plus yards on his knees, dude. The guy's talent was there. He just needed to be developed as a passer, being able to read defenses better because he struggled with reading defenses. But he didn't have anybody really established that knew what they were doing that could really help him develop. He's just slinging the ball around. And, I mean, if you have a good head on your shoulders and you have good coaching with those assets and those intangibles, yeah, that's dangerous, man. Because if he knows how to read defenses – and he's got weapons or even guys who are decent, he's going to take a top off a defense right off top. So, I mean, I don't think it translates into a Super Bowl, but, man, I think the Raiders have a lot of success. Uh, I don't think he ends up staying there, but you never really know. The NFL, there's so many moving parts. There's so many things that could change. But, I mean, overall, yeah, I see the Raiders being probably a perennial playoff team because I don't see them struggling to get free agents. I don't see them giving these bad contracts to guys. You're tying your salary caps. And you, you're tying the salary cap up to where you can't get guys, even if you wanted them, guys who probably would sign with you. Uh, like I said, upgrading coaching. I mean, you got to think, he put them in a lot of bad situations. The defenses, <laughs> they were always on the field because they were either going three and out or he was always turning the ball over, man. If you go to check out his touchdown to interception ratio, it was nuts. Mm. He was a turnover yeah. machine. Yeah. So just imagine if you got a guy that can throw that far, developed as a passer, being able to read defenses and put the ball where it needs to go. Because he could put the ball in a bucket down the field. You just need to develop him and put the pieces around him to do that. Imagine you get, like, let's just say, for instance, just an established coach. I, any any of those guys, even at that time. But you got, like, a guy like North Turner running an offense with Jamarcus Russell. You get a good, decent quarterback coach and a couple of role-playing receivers. They don't even have to be big names at the time. That's a whole different story, dude. That offense could get rolling because I want to say what? They drafted Jamarcus, and didn't they draft McFadden the year after, correct? In 2008, I want to say they drafted McFadden. Uh, That's a game changer because now McFadden probably doesn't get hurt because you're not relying on him to carry the workload because of Jamarcus' struggles. Because obviously he's still a young quarterback. You're going to run into roadblocks. But imagine you're fixing those issues. You're not having the off the field issues. He's playing better. Now you have a guy who is considered to be the best running back in that class, in my opinion. Dude, that changes everything. It does. Everything. You have an established run game, but now you have a guy who can drop the ball wherever he wants to put it. And your running back isn't having to carry the ball all those many times. Because this is in an era where running backs were like how he would say the bell cow. Like they're care- like if you're not a pass heavy team, you're running the ball all the time, especially if your quarterback struggling, which can lead to injuries. 
and overworking and things of that nature. But I feel like you'd have him, you'd have McFadden. Uh, you'd probably have some other decent receivers at the time. You never know. Like that could change everything, especially on the defense. If they feel like, okay, the offense is on the rise. Now you're bringing guys in on defense that can help complement them to where you don't have a, a saint syndrome back in the day where you're dropping points, but your defense can't stop anybody. Uh, and there's a lot of dominoes that had to fall, but man, I really feel like the Raiders could have been a much better place and they might've been able to find a way to stay in Oakland. You never know. Cause I mean, all those years, I mean, think of how many years they struggled. Just let's just say for, since they won that Super Bowl or they had that appearance or whatever, they didn't have many winning seasons after that. No, not at all. No. Man, they went through guys. They went through Jamarcus. They went through Kerry Collins. They went through Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer yeah. Dude, they went through, uh, oh, what is his name? Uh, Campbell. What is his name? Uh, Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell. They went through what Terrell Pryor. They went through all kinds of prototype, over-the-hill quarterbacks. Uh, and Mike they just – I just feel hey. like if you – yeah, Mike Glennon too. I feel like if you have a guy like Marcus that is showing out, you're not going to go through all those same things because the ma- the general manager and the ownership is going to take accountability. At least I would feel like the Raiders but like, oh, man, we got lightning in a bottle. We need to capitalize on this while we can. I, like I said, I don't think it would translate to the Super Bowl, but I think they would definitely have had success for at least five or so years. You really never know. It all depends on free agency, draft class, and stuff like that. But, I mean, I feel like the coaching staff would have improved. Uh, I feel like definitely they would have put pieces around him, especially on defense, but even offense, man. I think that he had tangibles, man. He just – I feel like it wasn't a very good situation for him to be in. Uh, he just – his tangibles, his athletic ability, being able to throw the ball that far, that's why he got drafted number one overall. Like, he had – his ceiling was high, but they didn't realize how – far down his floor was like they had a lot more room for error in that situation but overall man like i really wish he would have succeeded obviously he kind of had a bad attitude had some off the field issues with god knows who what we we already know we're not going to get into those things but i just feel like you put the right pieces around him and he has a better head on show that team's gonna succeed maybe that super bowl succeed but that team's gonna succeed for sure all right, man. Nah, man, it's a crazy what if, man. So, all right. So, when I look at Jamarcus Russell, I think of a guy that was put into a situation that he ultimately just wasn't going to win at. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, we can look at his play. You can look at his off the field issues. You can look at his preparation, man. But it all stems from, you know, Al Davis still being in charge, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love Al Davis, man, for what he did. Just win, baby. Yeah, just win, baby. I love what he did for uh, everything Oakland, man. Everything Raiders, man. That was his team. That was everything. He was everything for the Raiders, man. And all the mm-hmm. success they had, uh in the 70s and 80s, you know what I'm saying? Even some in the 90s. They had some good teams in the 90s, too. And in the early 2000s, they had some success. It's all it's all for him, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he did all of that. But if we get into the late 2000s and the 2010s before he ultimately passed, that was all him, too, man. And it, it just, you, you, you want to give 
props to him, but at some point you got to step away. Because mm-hmm. if you look back in that draft, Jamarcus Russell was not the best prospect. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't. He wasn't the best quarterback prospect that year. If I'm not mistaken, it wasn't I forgot who was in that draft, but I, I don't know if it, I don't think it was Brady Quinn. It might have been Brady Quinn. I don't know. No, I think that I think that might have been the same draft class. I might be wrong, but but we, I feel we, like they were in. The- we 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 could definitely we could definitely look that up real quick. But you know what I'm saying. I I get into my 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 breaking down of, of your your point while you look it up. So. You you look at the situation that Jamarcus Russell was in, man. Um, you have a quarterback that has a lot of tools, man. He did. He was not a slow quarterback. He was a big quarterback, and he had uh, a nice arm on him, man. But when you hire Lane Kiffin and you don't really want Lane Kiffin and you – Think like, okay, well, Lane Kiffin is young. Lane Kiffin is, you know what I'm saying, innovative. And he was. Lane Kiffin probably could have fixed him. But when Lane Kiffin is fighting with ownership every week, how can he focus on, you know, developing his quarterback? Now, I think when they drafted him, Randy Moss was on the team. Uh, But... They didn't really help him at all. That's all. They didn't even help with Randy Moss. And then we go coach to coach to coach to coach. Like, they went through a lot of coaches at the time, man. Uh, they, I think they started with Lane, and they went like 1-15. in 15. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they took Tom Cable or something after, I think. Tom Cable. And then Hugh Jackson actually fixed the team because they went like 8-8 eight and, eight and and or something like that. And, and then they fire him. So it's like you you can't expect a quarterback to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like they really didn't make him feel wanted. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody besides Al Davis didn't want him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tom Cable really didn't want him. And if you listen to him talk about it, he's like, man, they didn't give me a chance. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't treat me like a quarterback. They didn't really want to help me get better. So I'm out there playing. They didn't want to help develop. Yeah, I'm out here just playing. And I never, even like I never had the chance to do that. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with him, man. The time between them winning that, going to that Super Bowl against the Bucks, and the time after that is 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 very dark for the Raiders, man. So mm-hmm. you 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 have to realize that. When you talk about Jamarcus Russell, yeah, it's a lot of fault on him. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a Look, lot. It's of more on the organization. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff that he could have did better, but it's also a lot of stuff that the organization did to him, and they didn't really put him in position to do what he needed to do, man. But I do think uh, now, fast forwarding to what you said about um, the alternate universe, because that's what happened in real life. So in an alternate universe, I say if you let Lane Kiffin develop him and really help him understand NFL defenses, because believe it or not, Lane Kiffin is an architect when it comes to quarterback play. 
If anybody mm-hmm. can help him, it's Lane Kiffin, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Lane Kiffin might have been in over his head getting his job. At the time, yeah. Being so young, right? But in an alternate universe, everything works out. He helps him get better. So, yeah, they might suck that first year. But people forget before they got, um, what's his name? I want to say. I want to say uh, they had a chance to get Calvin Johnson too. I want John to Johnson was so. This is, and I'm not going to try to interrupt you. So Johnson went second to Detroit. Jamarcus went first. Okay, we were talking about quarterbacks. This is the same draft class as guys like Leron Landry, Adrian Peterson's at number seven, uh, Tegan mm-hmm. Junior, Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. Darrell Revis, mm-hmm. the f- next quarterback to be taken off the board, is Brady Quinn by Cleveland at 22. Brady, and yeah. the only other notable quarterbacks, you don't have another quarterback in the first round. Mm-hmm. The next quarterback is Kevin Cobb by the Eagles in the second round. Yep. And then John Beck out of BYU. So it really wasn't a very strong quarterback class. I mean, to be I mean, Drew Stanton, guys like that. I mean, I I get that. I get that. I get that it wasn't a good class, right? But at the same time, if you get Lane Kiffin to help him, he will be a better quarterback. And then No, I agree. To, and then you got chances to get later on, you end up getting in position to get a Darren McFadden. And then you get, you know, I actually since you brought up Darius Hayward Bay, I actually liked him more than uh Crabtree in a sense. Because mm, Crabtree Crab was Crabtree was a, a possession receiver and he could catch everything. But in the NFL, you needed somebody to take the top off of defense. You know what I'm saying? And when you look at Darius Hayward Bay, Darius Hayward Bay ran a 4-2. And he could catch a little bit. So we can work with that. But you run a 4-2. Uh, and we can help you catch a little better with your route running and everything. We can we can win with that. With a quarterback with an arm like Jamarcus Russell had, you you can yeah. make that happen. And don't get me wrong, Crabtree was awesome, man. He was I just crazy. think Crabtree probably been a better fit because he was more established as an actual like receiver. Like I think Hayward Bay could have been a good option, but I don't think he's your number one. I mean, but. If you look at the times, man, you know Al Davis was uh was I know he's speed. He was, he was always bro. speed. This is the same. This is the same owner that took a punter in the first round, bro. Yeah, exactly. If, if, That's if, why I'm if it ain't if it ain't unorthodox, it ain't Al Davis. But you know mm-hmm. what? He did a whole lot of stuff that was unorthodox. He won a championship in Los Angeles when they told him that you we not gonna help you move to Los Angeles, and he did. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he is unorthodox. And I think, man, you draft Darius Hayward Bay, it's it's not the, the popular pick. It's not sexy. But you could make it happen. You could make it work with that if you didn't have all that, that stuff going on in-house and on the field. You know what I'm saying? You could have worked that out, man. And then you draft uh, LaRondo McClain uh, a couple of years later after that. Which he was probably the best linebacker in college. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about every award that you could get for defense, he got it. You know what I'm saying? So he was actually one of the first linebackers 
and Saban's uh, tenure at Bama to be a, a unanimous All-American or something like that. So mm-hmm. he was one of the best. So you could get a captain on your defense, man. And, and they had some they had some players back then, bro. They they, did, they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't trash like trash, trash. No, they just didn't have the coaching. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's they, didn't, they couldn't put them in positions to win. And that's my point about Jamarcus Russell. He just never had the the stability of a young quarterback. And I don't care if you put Brady Quinn in there. I don't care if you put uh, Kevin Cobb in there. I don't care who you put in there. No, nobody's going to succeed there. Nobody's, nobody's going to succeed. Nobody's going to succeed in that, man, at all. And, and Ooh, I man, think he, like, gets a, he gets a really bad like, rap for – how bad he was. I put him and Joey Harrington in the same category. If yeah, we're talking if we talking about bus that really didn't have no control over how they really, you know, really how they their scenario turned out. You know what I'm saying? Because Jamarcus had a lot of talent. Now Joey Harrington obviously was probably a better quarterback than Jamarcus was coming into the NFL. But if you stick them into that scenario, doesn't matter how good you are, you know. Yeah, either same. You know what I'm saying? And I actually felt like, uh, in my opinion, the Raiders drafted better than the Lions at that time. If you, if I'm being honest with you. you Yeah, I mean, I feel like they hit more on what Detroit did until Detroit hit on. Well, obviously, Detroit hit on Calvin, and then they hit on Stafford a year or two later. So, I mean, yeah. But think about it. They picked four receivers in a row. You know, Charles. And Rogers, they didn't hit on many. Yeah, Charles, Charles Rogers Rogers, not. Rest in peace because he passed away. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Uh, I want to say Mike Williams, who was a tight end. They was trying him at receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. Roy Williams, you kind of hit on mm-hmm. him. And then you hit on Calvin Johnson. So you get four receivers in a row that you you trying to build around. And three of them really don't amount to anything, you know. What Besides saying? Calvin, so, so in a situation when I'm thinking about Oakland, you know, what I'm saying you draft your Marcus Russell, you put him into that trash. Then you draft Darren McFadden, you put him into that trash. And then you mm-hmm. draft Darius Hayward Bay, you put him into that trash. And then you end up drafting Lerondo McLean, and you put him into that trash. Now you got four first round picks that you literally could have done something with that can't even get the right training to become better NFL players. We're talking on the mm-hmm. field and off. So now you just you just really just a dumpster fire. And they finally might be out of that a little bit with the move to Las Vegas. But I don't look but to your to your last point with them staying in Oakland, I don't think it mattered. If he was good or not, because I think you don't think if he lived up to a number one pick hype, you don't think they find a way. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because them leaving Oakland was way deeper than Jamarcus Russell. Way yeah, deeper I know, but I mean, they weren't winning though. I mean, that's another that played into it. I mean, for I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, it 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 has a it has an effect on winning and leaving. But they had been in Oakland anyway. Then they left because they wanted to get a stadium. And then they came back because they didn't have, they couldn't get the stadium in Los Angeles. And then 
they were there and they still sharing with the Oakland A's. They've been doing that since before time, before you and our time. So I think it was just time and the city of Oakland, because they weren't winning, didn't want to invest, you know, tax dollars in a new stadium. But Oakland had equity. You know what I'm saying? They had won Super Bowls in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like they were an expansion team and they weren't winning nothing and then they requested a new stadium. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, like like how I spoke about the Rams. They had a we were an expansion team, basically, in St. Louis. So we won a Super Bowl, then went to another one, but after that, not many playoff runs, not many pro bowlers, not many nothing. You know what I'm saying? At all. So when you come to the table with the proposal, the city's not really behind you because we don't have a team roof for for real. And then the taxpayers or people, whoever had to make this decision and fork up the money, they're not really going to invest in that because what, what do we get back in our investment? But for Oakland, they really, it really shouldn't have been a question. They had three, four Super Bowls or something like that within Oakland and LA. So, what it was the really, black hole, bro. He was there you know home, you know. The fan bases, I mean, shoot, they went to like the first or second Super Bowl ever. So, they've been in the, the winning picture for a very long time, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you can't get them a new stadium, like, because of what they did, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just don't think that. That's why I say it wouldn't matter if Jamarcus Russell was good or not. I think they were leaving anyway because they needed a new stadium. They needed one. And, I mean, if you look at – if you look at we, – we, we can go off topic for a minute before I do my um, what if. But if you look at the Oakland A's right now, in baseball. Yeah, they're pretty much they're trying to get them to move now because of the stadium. Exactly. Exactly. Now keep in mind, this is the same stadium that Oakland, the Oakland A's, won three championships in a row in. And that was in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, now, they, they were even relevant up until like the 90s and early 2000s. They were still relevant, but just That's what I'm saying, man. So if they can't get a stadium and they've won more championships. And this is a team that's moved way more than Oakland did. Keep in mind, like I said, this is off topic a little bit. But it's my point that them Jamarcus Russell being good really didn't matter. Oakland, the A's, were in Philadelphia before all of this. And then they moved to Kansas City, and then they moved to Oakland. So you telling me they can't get a new stadium? They brought relevancy to the city of Oakland anyway. So they can't mm-hmm. get a stadium. So if they can't get a stadium, you know Oakland can't get a stadium, the Raiders. So now we got to leave. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to because we've been invested in Oakland for like 40, 50 years. We don't want to leave, but y'all forcing us to leave because y'all won't help us. You know what I'm saying? Y'all won't help us make this transition easy. So like I said, they're going to lose two teams. You know what I'm saying? They already lost the Warriors. They already lost the Raiders. And now they're going to lose the A's, too, because they just don't want to act right, man. But like I said, I just don't think Jamarcus Russell winning would have helped it. I think he might still, if he got everything he needed 
and actually used all his tools that, you know, that they would have helped him get. I think he could have had at least a 10 year career and he might have yeah. been able to see them into Las, Las Vegas at some point. Maybe we have no, we have no, because he was a big guy. So he really injuries really weren't going to be an issue for him, you know, by body. And he was. Wasn't a scrambler. It's not like he was Cam Newton. Like he was a pocket passer. Yeah, yeah he was a pocket passer. So he was gonna be good, man. But you know, but I, I do think in an alternate universe, I do think that he he could have been really good, man. But uh, his doing and the organization just didn't allow him to do anything, bro. So mm-hmm. like I said, a little off topic, long winded, but. That's that's what I really unpacked from what you were saying, man. Great what if scenario, man. So, uh, I, I like I said, I, I was thinking about uh, doing that one anyway, because I was like, man, it's a whole lot to that scenario that people just throwing it out like it didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like my man yep. was really going through it. Like, yeah, he got Dude, a whole he lot no of protection money. either. Yeah, man. He like, he got a whole up. lot of money, but dude. They ain't do nothing for him, man. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. But, uh, but yeah, so great what if. Uh, but my what if scenario has to do with the AFL-NFL merger. What would have happened if that, if, that didn't, uh, if that didn't go down? Would we have two NFL leagues still? Who knows, man? So let me get into it, man. So, all right, history lesson with Cam. <laughs> this is what I this is what I do, man. So, all right. So the NFL obviously was the big the big dog, man. So they had everybody, every player you could think of back then. They had the markets, they had the owners, they had everything. So, you know, we get into like uh, I want to say the sixties or something like that, and Little guy by the name of Lamar Hunt says, I want to buy a team. NFL says, and we're not really looking for expansion teams right now. He's like, okay, well, can I own half a team, invest in the team? I want to own a team. I'm rich. Let me do it. Nah, they didn't want to let him do it, right? So Lamar Hunt has the idea, the brilliant idea of saying, hmm, I'm rich. Let me get a couple other rich guys. And let's start our own league. And that's what they did. They did. They formed the AFL, which was a actual really good competitor to the NFL at the time. Uh, so mm-hmm. we look at this at this scope of uh, what it is. We're talking 60s NFL, 60s pro football. Uh, obviously, you got the Giants. Uh, I want to say with Y.A. Tittle back there. You got the Packers with uh, Vince Lombardi. Uh, the Cowboys are kind of an upstart. Not really. They actually weren't the Cowboys. They were the Texans. Uh, so mm-hmm. they were an upstart, man. You had, um, I want to say Cleveland was around at the time. So, oh, Baltimore Colts with Johnny Unitas. They were there at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the coach of them, like I said, history lesson with Cam was actually Don Shula. Think about that. Don Shula was young, young at that time. So you got to think about that at the time. So they had some really good market and some really good money and everything. It was going. But Lamar Hunt and his gang of rich people 
decided to start an AF to start a whole football league, man. And it was competitive with the NFL, man. I mean, from a marketing standpoint, they put teams in like I want to say California, where the NFL really weren't wasn't. I mean, they put teams mm-hmm. in New York uh, with the Jets that was competing mm-hmm. with the Giants. So, yeah. I mean, you had so many different avenues for them to succeed, and it worked. It worked, man. No matter what the NFL tried to do, try to squash them in the media, which wasn't social media at the time. We talking newspapers, mm-hmm. we talking radio. They tried to stop them and squash them all over the place, but it didn't happen. And Lamar Hunt made it, you know, known like, yo, we're not going to back down from nothing. Nothing at all. And that was that was a dark horse in the AFL, and that was Al Davis. We just talked about it. Al Davis mm-hmm. was the Darth Vader to this whole scenario. If he had his way, the merger wouldn't have happened. Let's just say that. He did not want to do it. He was in, against it. He was like, we are not taking no prisoners. We are doing this our way. And, you know, for a minute, it was going like that. Because when you think about the landscape, the NFL had a draft, right? The AFL had a draft. But uh, Lamar Hunt had a lot of uh, financial equity between Mm -hmm. him and between the other ownerships that he had divvied out his teams to. So they could pay for higher salaries than the NFL did. So when it came time for people like uh, your boy Billy Cannon, uh, Heisman, uh, LSU, to come into his pro days, he had offers from the NFL. He had offers from the AFL. AFL, obviously, more money. Let's have some fun, right? But there was one person that really kind of set everything off for them, which made it like, okay, we might have to do this merger. And that was Joe Namath. Joe Namath was mm-hmm. the biggest name. He was the biggest face in college football, national championship from Alabama. Uh, obviously, he's that guy, that dude. Um, and, you know, he had deals with the NFL. I don't know. I can't remember what team he actually got drafted for within that umbrella. But he commanded a salary that was higher than anything. We talking 400,000, which might not seem like a lot of money today, but man, 400,000 was good back then, bro. So uh, that kind of opened the door like, whoa, okay, we got to do something with this league because they stealing a lot of the top talent away from the NFL, which is bringing the product down. So, you, you look at that in the history lesson leading up to the merger, which was completed in, in 1970, right? So uh, before that, they already had talks going before the merger was complete in 70, which led you into the first four Super Bowls. So, you know, obviously the first Super Bowls were let's, you know, see what league is better. And, you know, what I'm saying we already talking about mergers, but we can still make money right there, right? But 
like I said, the merger's complete in the 70s, and then the AFL gets their first Super Bowl, which was the Jets, Super Bowl three. Uh, so you look at that, and it actually got Super Bowl four, I believe, because the Chiefs won Super Bowl four. So uh, they got the they split the two Super Bowls after that. So, uh, but let's look into the alternate universe. Let's say this merger doesn't happen, man. Let's say they start this league and everything's good. So let's keep let's put this into context, people. That there's a lot of money being thrown around in this football league, right? And the NFL was being like the NFL is today, squashing any chance for anybody to come into the market, right? But in the 60s, that wasn't possible because mm-hmm. the AFL was actually really good in terms of being stable financially because they had they had uh, financial equity, Amar Hunt and his gang of rich dudes, um, and the rich people was able to put money into the league, which made it even more afloat. You know what I'm saying? So even, even if a team was struggling financially, they would just pump money into the team, which keep them afloat in the league. But there was one thing that I think would have kept them going. It was the TV deal with NBC at the time. Mm-hmm. That is what really not only separated everything, but I think if they didn't want to do no merger and the merger broke down, I think they would have been good because not only, like I mentioned, they put teams in uh, different places that the NFL wasn't in and they was competing in the areas that they were a la New York. Right. So when you think about that grand scheme of things, you have a you have money, you got people that want to spend money and you got uh, competition in the big markets. One, mm-hmm. the West, which is the NFL's not in at the time. Uh, then you got New York, which you got the Jets in there, and they were still really they got really good. They end up with Joe Namath, so that that's how you know they were really good. And then you get a TV deal. Now the the importance of having a TV deal is the fact that you can market your game to people all over the world. Mm-hmm. So True. yeah, the NFL has the TV deal as well and they have a TV deal, but they're not supposed to have one. So when you think about that, whose product is actually better? Who whose product is actually better when you think about it because they got the best players in college. We talk about all of them. They were snatching them all up. You know what I'm saying? And then we got a TV deal to broadcast all the best players that we just stole from the NFL. All over the place, too. All over the place. So when you think about the merger itself, who really needed it? Who really needed it? The NFL needed it because they liquidated them together to where the NFL could keep the name and licensing, but they could benefit from the teams, the markets, and the deals. That's what I'm saying. The NFL really needed it in a sense because they was losing out in terms of viewership. Like even viewership, back then, money, in players. Yeah. Players, viewership. I mean, they go into the AFL because it's more money, it's more exciting. 
Like they was doing different rules that the NFL wasn't. We talking mm-hmm. play clock. We talking uh, annual drafts. We talking like, you know, the people really got drafted, but they got it through carrier pigeon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, we talking... <laughs> We we talking like yo, you get something in the mail, say, oh, you've been drafted by the Green Bay Packers. But the AFL had an annual draft every year, mm-hmm. so you could see Joe Namath get drafted by the Jets. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I would like to see Joe yep. Namath get drafted. So when you think about it in an alternate universe, when the merger, if the merger doesn't happen, I think the AFL. Would would be fine longer than anything, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, they would have the better players, they would have the TV deals and everything. And I think over time, the NFL might have had to merge with them, but not the NFL, not the way people say it now. Like under uh, the AFL's terms, yeah, the AFL would have probably been the A side of this, and the NFL might have mm-hmm. been the B side of this. If they didn't mm-hmm. merge, you feel and it would have made more sense, honestly, because at the time, you got to think, I mean, there weren't any talks about international football or any of these other things. So, I mean, even the name American Football League, like the AFL would have made more sense from a marketing standpoint, from money to media to TV deals. Right. It, it really made a lot of sense when you really sit down and you just put everything together. Like, man, like that might have actually blew up into something like completely different. You know, you never know. Like I said, man, look, it's the reason why Lamar Hunt got his own trophy, dog. It's the reason why his team is so good in Kansas City, man. You don't hear none of that stuff out of there because they 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 don't play at all because they got old money there. Like, they wouldn't have nothing without him. They, this league that we got right now would be nothing without Lamar Hunt because for oh, real. Because, yeah. because for real. They really wasn't talking about the merger for real. It was the NFL was. Because they, they knew they were getting backed into a corner. They knew. Yeah. Because if you think yeah. about it, the AFL, if that doesn't happen, the AFL is going to probably continue to expand. They're yep. going to keep garnering the attention of all these important players. Yep. The money's going to be there. The media is going to be there. If that happens, there's a chance that teams in the NFL are either going to like be like, hey, look, we want to move on and we want to join that. We want to be a part of that. Or the AFL might just blow up, up to the point where they just buy out the NFL and they take all the licensing. They take all the teams. They get the rights to everything. Yep. Yep. So that's my that that's my what if scenario. But if I had to look at the whole scenario as a whole, uh, I do think. At the rate it was going, and since when I researched all of this, since it really was the AFL that the NFL that was pushing the merger, I really think that the AFL was actually on its way to eclipsing what the NFL was at the time. Exactly. I think that the merger just made a bigger conglomerate, but the AFL was way ahead of everything. Everything that because they had the money, man. They had the money. They had the assets, and it seems like even just from listening to you or reading, that if they wanted to be innovative, the NFL was innovative, but the NFL seemed like they were okay with being whatever they were. The AFL was like, we want to do our own thing. We want to be innovative. We want to be different. We don't want to be like the NFL. And I wouldn't doubt if they would have eclipsed them in 
became just like how we said became something maybe even bigger you never know dude yeah that's what i'm saying man like i said keep in mind we're talking about the 60s dude we're talking about the 60s going into the mm-hmm. 70s so yeah you getting players coming up you know terry bradshaw afl team you're talking pittsburgh that's an mm-hmm. afl team they was winning so think about all the teams that was winning back then that was AFL teams. I the mean, Raiders? Into the 70s. The Raiders. Gene Upshaw, Chiefs. all those guys. Yep. The, the Raiders, the Chiefs, the uh, the Steelers. You know what I'm saying? The NF, just feel like the NFL or NFC really wasn't coming around until, you know, after that. Late, late 70s. 70s, early 80s. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You start getting the 49ers NFC team. You start getting... Uh, the Dallas Cowboys Boys. NFC team. You know what I'm saying? So you started to get different teams from the NFC kind of picking up the pieces after all the AFL dominance, though. So that just lets you know that from that standpoint, that they was all they was gonna take over. Because they had because even though at the beginning, like the, the beginning stages of the merger, which took place, you know, right you know, before the Super Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl was, you know, the two leagues trying to see who was better, right? But secretly behind doors, that was the merger kind of happening. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. obviously the NFL won like the first two Super Bowls, right? Let's not discount what Vince Lombardi did. But yeah, but <laughs> bigger picture, they needed them more than they needed them. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I I just think in an alternate yeah. universe, I think the AFL just eats the NFL and then we get the big conglomerate. You know what I'm saying? But because the NFL was the A side simply it looks just, different. Yeah, because the A side, you know, with them being that, it just seemed like they were going to give them what they needed. Or give them whatever they wanted, but still mm-hmm. put their spin on it. And because the NFL is the name, mm-hmm. that's all we really know. We don't really look at the AFL and what they really did. You know what I'm saying? So you look mm-hmm. into, you know, you look into uh that scenario, man, and and you just like you, you appreciate all the guys that really kind of gave gave us what we got today. You know what I'm saying? The NFL and AFL and all of that. Like you you appreciate it, man. So um, like I said, a couple rule changes that stood out to me in the merger uh was the fact that, you know, they went and kept the league separate. I thought that was good. We don't need to have the leagues and then we Intermingle. Right. And then we do the Super Bowl like we all have we've been doing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, which is good. Uh, then I love the fact that they tried to move teams. I forgot what team it was that they wanted to move. Uh, but they wanted to move a couple teams, one to Memphis. And the AFL said, no, nah, we're not doing it. So, which is perfect because, you know, we end up getting, what, uh, Tennessee Titans, which is Nashville. That's pretty mm-hmm. close to Memphis. So, uh you know, you end up getting that later on in, in this thing. So, uh, like I said, man, it, it it was a great thing to research because you just I didn't know that. And um and if Al Davis had got his way, 
we wouldn't have got it because Al Davis was not for it. And if I'm not mistaken, I looked it up. Al Davis, they didn't tell him. Like he's a founding father of the AFL. And they didn't tell him that they was murdered. Dude, you know he was hot, bro. You know hot. he was hot. Woo! Hot. bro. You know he was pissed. Man, look. Because keep in mind, Al Davis was the commissioner of the AFL at the time. So mm -hmm. because he was the commissioner of the AFL, he really felt slighted. But, I mean, hey, you get to own the Raiders. But just think about it. Like, this is how I look at it. The NFL had the blueprint, okay? They yep. had the blueprint. They made it up. Cool. This is how I look at it. The AFL is like, okay, we acknowledge that. We're going to take your blueprint, but we're going to build on top of that, put our spin on it, and make it even better than what you could have even imagined. That, that, that It could have been – the NFL is such a big marketing powerhouse, so it's hard to imagine it being any bigger – but, like, there's just a piece of me that thinks, man, like, they could have been even more innovative. Think how, like, the merger held back probably a lot of ideas that were on the table or were in the process of trying to do. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Just say they suck them into that conglomerate and they get to say so. Dude, it could be way bigger. And we might not be talking about international ball. It might be, like, American. American made and this and that, but we're going to do it our way. We might have more than 32 teams. You never know. Like, you could have a team in every state. You ne like, there's all kinds of possibilities. But I really think that they were the innovators, like, that don't really get the credit and they built on what was presently there, you know? Yeah. And, and I do, and a futuristic thing, right? So the AFL becomes the A-side of the merger, right? When they become the, the A-side of the merger, say the USFL comes along. Mm -hmm. Now, we might not be trying to squash this league as the NFL mm -hmm. did. Expand. We might be looking at expansion. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not mistaken... There were many of those USL, USFL teams and markets that the NFL could have used. Mm -hmm. That's what at, I mean. I look at uh, I look at the New Jersey Generals, the ones that ended up with Herschel Walker. Uh, they were a good team. That's a new market. Now you could probably move uh, the New York Jets and the Giants to New York. They don't have to be in New Jersey because now – you got the New Jersey Generals, right? Mm -hmm. And then I look at the obviously the Oakland was in um Oakland was in Oakland, so they had moved to mm -hmm. uh LA. That probably mm -hmm. wouldn't have happened if you let the USFL in, if the AFL was in there, because they had the LA Express. They end up drafting mm -hmm. Steve Young. So mm -hmm. you could have that scenario, right? That's now, what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Right. Now you, you could go into Canada. You can have those teams. Think about that. Those markets. That's what I'm saying, dude. It could have blown up into Man, something. Like, like I said, you. you're looking at a, a league that might have a team in all 50 states. 
you probably expand it into the Canadian Football League. But that's kind of a stretch because we don't know how. Because I feel like the Canadian Football League really wants to be their own thing. But, man. No. But, man, like, just think if that's on the table. Yeah. Think if that's crazy. Yeah, because, like you said, the AFL is already innovative. So they could already have been thinking about that. But they wanted to keep it here. So, you know, Mm -hmm. now you you know. Yeah. Yeah, so now you know you look at you look at the whole thing, man, and I just think in an alternate scenario, the AFL just the merger happens, but mm-hmm. not in the seventies. Different circumstances, and it doesn't yeah. play out the same way because the NFL, yeah, the NFL gets sucked in. They're not the ones calling the shots because they came up with the idea. The AFL's like we're gonna take. It's pretty much like swallowing your pride thing. The AFL, the NFL swallows their pride. Says okay, okay, we're gonna join what you have, but the NFL doesn't have say so, and all these different rule changes and moving teams here and expanding and do like yeah. the the possibilities are endless. And I'm pretty sure if we were to take our time and really play things out and think about it, like it, it would be insane. Yeah, man. So, um, <clears throat> like I said, uh, like I said, I think the merger doesn't happen as I think it happens, but I think it happens way later. We're talking 80s. Yeah, I think, much I think, yeah, I think the AFL could have just held off because the TV deal was is what stood out to me. The fact that that's what NBC. Yeah, because the you're fact playing that, everybody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the fact that you could you were uh, financially stable to the point where you had a TV deal, you could have got another TV deal. You could have got another one. And then, you know, then we talking bigger, way bigger picture, way bigger audience, maybe international. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So exactly. now we we talking big, way, way bigger picture. And now we don't have to do the merger until we want to do the merger. And then mm-hmm. until the NFL's gasping for air and the right. AFL. And then, then now, now we can just buy you because we don't we don't have to we don't have to merge. You could just acquire your all your assets just because you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I just think, um, I think they were getting to that point, which is why the NFL wanted to talk to Lamar Hunt at that particular mm-hmm. time because he knew that you know if we can't get Joe Namath to play in our league, we in trouble. Because you gotta mm-hmm. think, there's more players coming right after that. You know what I'm saying? Way better ones. So if we can't get him, we in trouble. So let's just pick up the phone right now before that. So you gotta understand, you know what I'm saying, that particular thing. So like I said, in my what if scenario, the AFL eats the NFL, and we got mm-hmm. a whole different ball game. So but yeah, man, that's my what if scenario, man. So um, that was dope. Yeah, man, I told you, man, I told you. I, I, I it, it was something that was interesting to me, man. So I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? Let's get into this scenario because it's 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 interesting, man. I mean, I look at all the avenues, man. I'm telling you, once 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 I start liking football, man, and I start playing, and then I got to the point where I'm like, man, let's figure out where these teams come from. Because I think we all play Madden, uh, and we all move a team somewhere, 
and we want to just start our own franchise or whatever, man. But you know what I'm saying? That just made me more, what's the word, uh, curious about where teams come from. How you do that? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where it really came from, man. But like I said, uh, we can close our, our show right now, man. Uh this is the Football Frame of Mind podcast, man. Um, we hope you enjoyed this what-if scenario, man. Obviously, you know what to do. Like and subscribe. But before we get up out of here, anything you got to say, bro? Yeah, man. Thank you guys for all the support. Uh, we're expanding to other platforms, and I'm going to let him explain because he knows a bit more of it than I do. But we just want to thank you guys for all the support. Thank you for all the views, the likes. The few comments we have, man, we just appreciate if you just stay on the train, just keep riding, man. Uh, we do what ifs, we do pro content, we do college content. We're going to start up another. It's going to be like an open discussion content as well, kind of like how we do at the end of videos. It's going to be its own playlist. We'll be able to talk about all kinds of really cool topics and get each other's perspective and maybe get you guys' perspective. But like you said, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification, and just enjoy the ride. But I'm going to let him explain kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, so obviously I forgot to say that at the beginning. But uh if you check our um community posts, you would have seen uh a big announcement, man. We have moved to uh well partnered with uh the off the ball network, man. Um a platform, you know, that uh gets a lot of different uh sports on there. So they have a different audience, man, for us to just talk to, man. Uh, like I said, we we wanted to grow our uh, our podcast, man, and be able to reach different people and talk about football, man. That's what we do here, man. But this gives us the opportunity to reach a greater audience and continue to grow, man. So a uh, big shout out to everybody over there at Off the Ball Network, man, um, for giving us the opportunity, man. We appreciate it, man. We just gonna keep on keeping on with the great content. Like like Brandon explained, we got everything, everything you want. You want college, we got that. You want pro, we got that. What if we got that? We got the breakdown for the whole preseason. You know what I'm saying? Say you missed it. Say you want to call us out on our picks. All right, cool. We got that too. <laughs> so we got everything, man. But like I said, big shout out to Off the Ball Network and big shout out to my dog Brandon over here. He do he do stuff, man. Cause he the topic dude. Just saying. <laughs> but like I said, I'm Cam. Uh, that's Brandon. Football for on podcast. We signing off. Thank you.